Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It's just like your family treats you. Find your healthy family at northmemorial.com slash family. Uh, welcome, everyone, whether you're watching on StarTribune.com or listening to the Access Vikings podcast. Michael Rand here, Andrew Kramer, Ben Gessling. How you guys doing? It's a, just a normal little bye week, right? It is yeah, a normal fine. little bye week. Uh, it's pretty normal a lot of of off time not a lot to do mimosas on the beach it's not snowing at all in minnesota with trades and and uh you know uh, season-ending injuries happening it's my 15th wedding anniversary today too so happy happy anniversary to my lovely wife marissa i'm spending most of it uh in an office talking about things rick spielman said (laughs) maybe he can whisper in your ear tell her that you love her Anyway, um, that was good. It's a callback to the Josh Freeman game. Anyway, um, lots going on. Let's let's start. We got to go. Got to do the news of the day. We'll be doing video here for 15, 20 minutes at the outset. Um, news of the day is growing uh, with each passing moment. But uh, the two big headlines: uh, Yannick Agakwe traded um, basically what seven weeks after he was acquired. Seven eight weeks after he was acquired, and uh, last. Uh acquisition from the involving a trade with the Ravens uh, made it here. So longer than Corey Vivek. Corey, Corey Vivek. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They should stop trading with the Ravens. The Ravens seem to know, uh, seem to know more than the Vikings because the Ravens tried to get Ngakwe before the Vikings did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Among others, the Browns, I think did too. The other piece of this though, is now we know Daniel Hunter, um, maybe this isn't as much as a surprise. Uh, Daniel Hunter out for the season um and so there you go uh if you had grand hopes of what the uh what the defensive end position might look like uh for the vikings uh it involves neither of those guys now so ben <laughs> i mean first off uh take take me through your impressions of this and then we can get into some of the, the rick spielman um previously scheduled news conference where suddenly he had to take a whole bunch of fire today as well yeah i mean it's you know, you don't talk since August 3rd. It sometimes you, it comes up when the news hits, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I tend not to think that the two pieces of news we heard today were independent of one another. Um, I don't think this whole situation with Yannick Ngakwe has been independent of Daniil Hunter the entire time. I, they absolutely knew in August that this was bad and that this could be a, a long-term thing, despite what they phrased it as and it it puts the Ngakwe trade in a different light in the sense that it, it almost it feels more to me like the Sam Bradford deal in some ways where a guy gets hurt that we think we need and we still think we have the team to go win now if we can replace him so let's make a trade right before the season to bring a guy in hoping that we can do that so this one to me and they got more back for Ngakwe than they did uh, with Bradford because they just had to ride that one out. But it, it feels like it was motivated by a similar uh, impulse, I guess. And then when it doesn't work, you have to say, okay, um, this guy's a free agent. We're not going to probably sign him. We're not going to have the money to do so. So let's move on. I, I think the fact that they made that decision at the same point that Hunter said, enough, I'm shutting it down, which I, from what I've heard he's been thinking about for a while um, certainly has been in the last few weeks since he went to New York to get his second opinion. Um, 
I, I think that, that the fact that they made the trade may have led him to, I, I, I should say, I should back up. I, I think he was going to shut it down and it would not surprise me if they said at that point, okay, let's go make the trade. I, I think it's more likely Hunter precipitated in Gawkway than the other way around. But uh, yeah, it, it, an interesting little twist here um, to a bet they made that didn't work. Six games. Six games. I mean, that's that's it. It didn't go well. It didn't go as expected as Rick Spielman said um, when he was talking to us on a conference call with some some local reporters. Um, go hashtag as expected. Yeah, it did not it did not go as expected. Um, he maintained that yeah that they didn't exactly know where Daniel Hunter was at that point. But this was August thirtieth. This was two weeks after Daniel Hunter's injury or last time he had practiced, I should say. Um, so it had been, it had been at a point where they'd certainly had Daniel Hunter and been evaluating him for a couple of weeks. They make this bet, Ben, it costs them about, from what I'd read anyway, about six, 7 million against the cap for six games. Um, they trade back basically from a high second round pick from what they would have gotten had they held onto the second rounder and not traded for him. Um, all the way back to the bottom of the third, because they're getting a Ravens third round pick this year. That is probably going to be pretty high. They're probably going to do pretty well. Um, so they're going to fall back from that. They're going to lose all that money. That's Riley Reef's money too. Riley Reef cannot be happy with where this franchise is at right now with his place in it. He says all the right things, which is great um, publicly, but privately, I cannot imagine anybody's happy about giving up five million and did that just to fit this trade in. Yeah. A veteran that had done so much for them already up to that point had been available through all the injuries and all the things he's gone through to give up 5 million as a team captain to bring in a guy that's supposed to help take your career to the playoffs, to the next level. And then they move him. Um, I'll just end by saying I got a text from a Viking former Vikings player. And all it said was what a bleep show, what a bleep (laughs) show, because that's what's going on right now. What message is it sending to the locker room? It's not a good one. No, it's not. I I think it's uh, (laughs) sorry. Just interesting text uh, that came through. Um, yeah, I, I it's I think you're gonna have a lot of veterans on this team that have said the right things for a long time. They, they, they have made an attempt for an awfully long time to keep this together, and it, it has felt for probably the last couple of years like it's uh, that this you know whether it's a circus thing or whatever. How many more people can we fit in the phone booth? Uh, I think Jimmy Fallon has made this a thing too, but it's same idea. How many people can we fit in there? how many more contracts can we stuff in here before this whole thing bursts? And it feels like we've hit that point where now you probably have veterans saying I took less money than I would have made in the open market because I believed that this was going to work and that we had this great structure financial or schematically, we had the ability financially to keep all these guys. We have this great facility, we have a stadium, all this stuff. This is a team that's going to win. So I'm going to take less than I could have made elsewhere to stick around. Or in the case of Reef, Kyle Rudolph, um, trying to think of other guys that have taken less money than they could have. Probably to Neil Hunter, too, in a lot of ways to say. Anthony Barr, maybe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even Cousins in the sense of I, – I, I can't oh. to defend that one. But uh, he, you know, he got plenty of money. But he had a bigger offer on the table. And part of the reason he came here is he liked the – organization as a fit a little bit better so it's easy to do that when you're winning but as soon as it starts to change it becomes very easy for people to say uh uh-uh, this this league changes awfully quickly you get one or two shots to get paid i'm getting out 
I'm going to try to get mine. So, um, yeah, it, it feels at this point, like if you're a veteran, especially a guy that's probably given some money back or left some money on the table that you'd be sitting here questioning where this is going to go. Well, yeah. And Ben, if, if just from a Vikings perspective too, because what you're talking about with the player's perspective, it, it makes me think of Daniel Hunter. Um, it makes you think of obviously uh, what he's going through right now with shutting it down a neck injury. Maybe he's realizing during this time away that, Hey, this can kind of disappear a lot quicker than uh, you might think. And at, at the point before Daniel sat out this year, um, he was like second or third in the current active starting streak or games played streak. I yeah. think like he had been durable. You're probably thinking you are invincible because he looks like it. And so He's now like at this an Avenger. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so now at this point, you got to be wondering it's the contract looks a little different when it looks like it could be taken away from you. And when you look at the numbers, He's earned up to 40 million at this point in his NFL career. There's about 40 million left in the last three years of that deal. And there's not a whole lot guaranteed on the back three years of that deal. Yeah. So he's looking at a situation where not only do the Vikings control his football playing future, they control the cash flow because it could be taken away because it's not guaranteed. And so you got to be wondering what he's thinking at this point, how he's feeling about his long-term outlook. And this Ben is after you referenced Ngakwe, and he could not have wanted to have re-signed here. My, my assumption, speculation is that he wouldn't have wanted to have re-signed here after this kind of a season or given them the kind of discount that you were just talking about that some veterans have before. So why not move them? From a front office standpoint, I guess I get it. It was just such a bad decision when you look back on it. Well, let's remember, too, with Ngakwe, he, he took less money to come here in part because he wanted to play for a contender. This is not a contender. So yeah. when you do that, and it backfires. I'm sure he's sitting there saying, yeah, if I'm going to play for less than I could have gotten this year, then at least put me with a contender. Now, we should not sit here and say that he is the 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 answer to all their problems. I, I think he's he's had a, a number of sacks, obviously, but he he's not the complete defender that Daniel Hunter is or even that Everson Griffin was when Everson Griffin was at his best. I mean, the, the run support, the, the number of times where you feel like there's a little bit of a Jared Allen thing, a little yeah, bit. I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, it's kind of what it reminded me of a little bit. Um, he'll, get his, he'll get his numbers, but. Uh... Yeah. Is he going to play his run responsibility on his way to getting those is, is kind of what I'm getting at, obviously. But um, Jared kind of famous for uh, wanting to get his numbers. Jared, Jared knew his numbers pretty well. As... Speaking of numbers, speaking of numbers, uh, Jared, I just noticed Jared Allen is on Cameo. Now for two hundred and sixty nine dollars, he always loves those. Two hundred sixty nine dollars. Uh, he always loves those numbers. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, well, the question that comes to my mind immediately then is: is are they are they done with any kind of reshuffling at this point? Because if they've only got there's only one game until the trade deadline. They're on a buy this week. The trade deadline's November third. Um, I don't know how much how much cap savings was there in, in making the Gakwe deal now? Do they get any kind of cap relief? Um, yeah, but not, you know, not, not a ton. Does that, do they keep pushing out one or two or three more veterans now that they kind of seem to be in the realization that they're, they're not going anywhere this year. Do they bring in anybody that they'd like to look at or they're just kind of stockpiling for the future? Like what, if you had to you get your crystal ball out right now and you're kind of looking, you know, 12 days out, where, where are they at the trade deadline? and What, what kind of moves have they made beyond what happened today? Yeah, Ben, what do you think? 
I would put three names out there in terms of guys I would keep an eye on to get traded. Riley Reef, we've mentioned. Anthony Harris and Kyle Rudolph. Those would be the three, because I think all three of those guys are very potentially gone after this year anyway. If you're trying to save money, Anthony Harris is a free agent. Kyle Rudolph, they can save like $4.5 million if they cut him. And we've seen Irv Smith start to surpass him in terms of playing time. Uh, and Riley Reef, we've talked about. If you're going to lose those guys in the spring anyway, you're not you're if you release them, you're not getting compensatory picks for those guys. You you could get one for Anthony Harris, but especially with Rudolph and Reef, if you can get something now, it makes sense. And if with Harris, if you're gonna get a compensatory pick, then you wouldn't get that until twenty twenty two anyway. So if you can get the picks now and try to restructure this thing a little bit sooner in the 2021 draft instead of 22. I think that makes some sense. So I I think we are headed towards a decent chance of people getting moved and, and kind of just playing out the rest of the year with a number of guys, uh, you know, getting put into in bigger roles that they potentially haven't been in yet. I mean, we could see Ezra Cleveland at left tackle. If that happens, I, I think that's certainly a possibility more Irv Smith, obviously, and at safety, I don't know what you do. That that'd be the one good thing about Anthony Harris. That because didn't I look didn't I look a go on IR today too? He did. Not that I mean, not that. So yeah, we go there, Andrew. He was a, he was at least a guy. He was at least a guy that came in when they played the tech. He was a guy. He was a guy. He was a name, but he, he was a guy that came in and played um, in that Texans game. And, and while he got beat, uh, was it two touchdowns or just the one? I'm trying to remember. Um, but either way, it didn't go exactly as planned, but I would imagine on out of the 43 plays that he had, he was in play in position more so than maybe one of the rookies or one of the younger guys might be. Um, it might be a little worse with, with the depth there, but yeah, he tore his ACL, uh, in the last day of practice, uh, Wednesday of this week before the bye week Um, the names you brought up. Yeah. Those are all ones that make a lot of sense to me. I thought it was interesting when I asked Spielman today on the zoom call about any more trades he kind of brought up some of the difficulties that might be in front of them when they try to trade somebody away. So with the Ravens, they're on a bye week right now. This allows them to get Ngakwe into their building and get ready to play by the next game. That wouldn't be the case if a team's not on the bye week because you've got like a five-day entry window where you can't get into like the sixth day now based on testing if you're a new guy going to a new team. And it does not matter if you were still on the um, COVID testing from your previous team. They do a whole new entry protocol for yep. everybody. Yep. Um, so with that, you got to find a team that's willing then to not only give up what you're going to give up to trade for a guy, but then potentially just give up and wait an extra week in a whole game to get a guy in um, and then, you know, train him. I, I think like, I think how, like run the ball that needs a left tackle. That's uh, near the top of the league. Just off the top of my head. Who's who am I missing? Blue collar team that, you know, whether it's uh, offense or COVID restrictions says, we're going to do things our own way. Tennessee. Wait, oh, <laughs> gosh. Taylor Luan uh, Torres. I forgot about that. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. I totally forgot. Uh, when you said blue collar team, like this doesn't rule it down. Um, you know, a flaunt COVID restrictions, like that doesn't rule it down. Chicago uh, <laughs> <I tell. laughs> 
anyway, um, I think Kyle Rudolph, though, like the pay, I'm just throwing out there, the Patriots were a team that were interested in him a while ago. We've talked about that. Um, and there's just some fits that you wonder, okay, can the Vikings move some of these guys and try to get some more assets as they lean into this rebuilding without saying that they're actually doing it? Okay, flip, flip side of that. Ben, unless, Ben, do you have another point on this? I was just going to mention the Browns on Anthony Harris, who yeah. talks with Cleveland after they put the tag on him in the offseason. And obviously, he has plenty of ties there. Kevin Stefanski, uh, Jeff Howard, their uh, defensive backs coach, had coached here as well. Um, the, the His former defensive backs coach is in Green Bay. That's not going to happen. But uh, Cleveland would be the one I could think about for Anthony Harris. Flip side of a trade. Now, hear me out. Rick Spielman gives a, I don't know what the town, the temperature scale, what do you call it? Lukewarm uh, endorsement. Endorsement may be the wrong word. A review of Kirk Cousins' play, which is fair for what he's done this year. Kirk Cousins himself last week says, if I keep playing like this, I'm going to get benched essentially, or I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to be out there. He said something like that last year too, and then he went on a roll. So maybe that's just how Kirk talks, but. Could you see a scenario where they are interested in bringing in a more meaningful backup, younger quarterback uh, than Kirk Cousins this year? Um, That's as, it. As, as part of, you know, as, 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 a, as a trade possibility. Yeah, at this point, I Ben, I don't know what you think, but I would be surprised to see them make a move for a quarterback. Yeah, I, would. I think it's hard to do that in the middle of the season. I mean, for a yeah. lot of things we talk about with, with COVID, I mean, if, if we've seen it before, speaking of things Josh Freeman. seven years ago this month, <laughs> yeah. actually seven years ago yesterday was the mm-hmm. Josh Freeman game. Um, Dust off my oral history of watching it. Yeah. yeah. I, ever written. I tweeted the box score with no comment <laughs> that game on Sunday, <laughs> uh, simply because – they were at the time, I think, one and four and lost to a yeah. team as well. So, uh, I think they're like 20 of 53 or something like that. They threw the ball yeah, 53 I mean, times. Yeah, 195 yards, I think, was the, the final line. It, yeah. It's a remarkable evening at uh, Giants yeah. or whatever the thing's called now, MetLife Stadium. Um, you could bring one in. I just I don't see it. I think they would want somebody. They would be helped by the fact that half the league plays this offense. I mean, you'd have guys that are out there that have some background in it because it is so much the the trendy thing, whether it's Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, um, and other threads of it that are similar, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson. I mean, all those are West Coast schemes. So there would be enough guys that have some background in it, but – it's hard to just bring somebody in, I think, and get them ready to play. Kyle Sloter, it should be noted. Uh, I think I saw a tweet at somebody the other day that he is standing by at the ready. If mm. I think it was specifically related to the Vikings. I can, so, yeah, I can tell you Mike Zimmer's not standing by at the ready. <laughs> I just – I'm just – Slaughterhouse. And if, if you want somebody that knows the system that could come in, <laughs> he knows – something about the system i i I only i only reference that sorry andrew you make your point now i want to make my point no i was just gonna say i think this whole talk of kirk and benching is just overblown because somebody asked the question i think i think kirk only brought it up because he was asked the question or i I, wasn't he asked the question about like were you worried you're going to get benched or something or did he bring it up 
I think Mike Zimmer got asked if he gave any thought to benching Kirk Cousins, and then Cousins was asked if he saw that as a vote of confidence, to which he replied, "Um, sure, but if I keep playing this way, I'm going to get benched, which not not terribly likely. I think – but I think I think our old buddy over at uh, Score North, Judd Zolgad, the former Star Tribune reporter, I think he he put it best where I think afterward he wrote, there's just no chance of that happening. So Kirk can say it with all he wants because it's not going to happen. They're not. I just I don't maybe I'm totally wrong. I just don't see any way that this season he could throw four picks in the first half. He could do another one from what he did in Atlanta. And I think they would still keep him in because this is the guy they paid. And I think if you bench him, it's tantamount to admitting you made a mistake by bringing him and you made a big yeah. mistake by re-signing him. Yep. Yeah. I think they could certainly have made the case in March and I, they did, I think when they talked about it a month later, that the <laughs> 2019 season he had, facts are facts, that's when they talked about it. Um, the, 29 season he, the 2019 season he had and the, the playoff win as much as it was – a lot to do with Dalvin Cook too, but he made the big throws in overtime. And I think they felt like, and certainly the season he had helped them get to the playoffs. I think they were betting on that. He can do it again, but you know, it's funny because that was the bet that they wouldn't make with case Keenum that he could do it again. And I, they were right on that one, but on this one, cousins has more pedigree than Keenum, but it was the same bet that is he's going to keep getting better and we can redo this and, and run it back. And, and I, I think in a lot of ways they needed the cap space. So he had them over a barrel a little bit too, but um, I don't know that I'm ready to say with 100% certainty yet that it's over, that they need to move on and get them for, you know, trade them for a bag of K balls um, or whatever, but um, <laughs> the kicker ones, you know, the, the different ones. Um those seem like they'd be maybe a little more valuable because there are probably lots of them. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think we're necessarily at that point, but I also think that part of the reason we're not there is because the people that very much need to be right about Kirk Cousins are the people who just got new contracts as well. And unlike Kirk Cousins, do not have to count dead money against the salary cap if somebody decides they should not um, – be employed for the duration of said contracts. Here's my, here's a theory and we'll, we'll end the video at this after this. Um, here's my theory. What if um, the trade today and, and Hunter, everybody's going to say, okay, they're, they're, they're punting on the season. Does this then set them up? Their, their schedule is still a lot softer in the back half. Have they, yeah. they diminish expectations enough now so that when they finish six and 10 go five and five in the, in the last half of the schedule or five and four after they, they lose to green Bay, but that will then feel like they've overachieved over the last nine games. Are they now bringing expectations down far enough to make it look like this will be a, a relative success? You mean like the last time they were in this boat, they finished five, 10 and one and fired their coach anyway. <laughs> they did do that with Leslie. That was Leslie Frazier. Yeah. That was a guy. The difference that was that Rick Spielman didn't want Leslie Frazier as a head coach. He wants Mike. Right. Spielman. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I think certainly there's going to be a chance to um, to pad some wins. Jacksonville, I mean, Carolina has looked better. I I think that's still a winnable game. You got Detroit on the schedule. Detroit twice. twice. Yeah. 
Detroit's gonna do Detroit things. Yeah. 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 They probably will. Um, so yeah. Even, Chicago, even Chicago. Chicago at five and one. I'm not sold on Chicago. That defense looks like 2018. That. Yeah, they field. I don't think. But yeah. they could win here. Maybe. I. Who knows. Uh, the the Packers, I don't think they're going to go in there and win. Um, the Packers looked bad last week, but that's a pretty darn good defense. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton and the Cowboys. I, I don't know. They could win that one. I mean, Andy um, Dalton looked just terrible. Do you see the, someone tweeted like this is the worst pass in NFL history. He like, no. lobbed, he like lobbed one up. It was actually it was it was dropped, but it, it, I'll I'll send it to you guys later. It was it was hideous, but it was it was gift worthy. It was it was just like it was right to the defender, just like lobbed over the middle. It was like bad decision, poor arm strength, everything you could want. Yeah, and if they were able to get the best of a Mike McCarthy offense with Aaron Rodgers running it, I think there's a pretty good chance they'll be able to get the best of a Mike McCarthy offense with Andy Dalton running it. Though this is also not a vintage Mike Zimmer defense, but yes, I think that's a winnable game. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a chance. I, I certainly don't think they're going to end up two and 14 or something, but do you want, I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, should you want that so that they have a, a better draft pick to either take the quarterback or to get the haul from the team that decides it wants the quarterback more than you do? I mean, yeah. that's the question, I think. Yeah, we got, we got a good question in the mail. We'll get to some reader questions too after this, but one of them was about kind of the similar question and it, it said is there a point where they could fall deep enough where they could make a change at head coach or something like that if, if they are one and eight or one and nine like if it gets to a point where optically it looks so bad and frankly I don't know and I if I had to bet right now on October 22nd I would say no I would say it can't get to that point because to what Mike is saying they've done enough now with trading away Ngakwe they're starting defensive ends being Afadi and Jalen Holmes now um, these rookie corners that we just heard Spielman talk today about how now he's saying, well, no rookie corners are playing good that got drafted. So, you know, it's okay that ours aren't playing good. Um, it just, it's, I think they're doing enough without calling it a rebuild to just kind of sandbag and kind of like prevent any kind of, you know, wave coming at them in December and saying, well, what did you expect? Of course we were going to be three and 10. Boy. I, I mean, you, you look back at what they said in <laughs> August where it was, talking about contending every year and the word Super Bowl came out of Rick Spielman's mouth two or three times in that first press conference he did on August 3rd um it there the attempt is certainly going to be to say hey well we knew this was going to go this way all along and he talked about losing Cam Smith and Ben Gideon um Ben Gideon had has had injury issues and concussion issues for a while. So I, I think we probably knew that that was not a surprise. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the, the, the line of thinking now is, well, Hey, this is, this is a longer process. It, it, it ultimately doesn't matter if we believe it or if we think it's an attempt to sandbag it, it matters if two people believe it. Um, couple of brothers in new jersey i think is who this is primarily for but hey i mean and it's it's tough to know kind of how much mark wilf is speaking the truth when he was saying because he was made available to reporters in september i believe um and he said something along or was it august i can't remember Uh, it was august it was at the start of training camp i think 
he he also said our expectations are to to bring the Lombardi back. It wasn't this kind of well, we know it's a roster evolution. We know you know yada yada yada. It was. I don't think they saw this coming, and it's going to be fascinating to see, as you said, Ben, how they react to what unfolds this season. Yeah, and it's you know one. It's, it's if if they've as badly as they might have misjudged this, they probably it is smart at least if they had a market for Ngakwe to just get make a trade. They're they're going to lose about fifty draft slots out of it. Um, and the, the fifth rounder they gave up won't be as good as the fifth rounder they got back either. So we got to remember that. So probably more like 70 draft slots and a whole bunch of cap space. But if you can at least cut your losses a little bit, recoup some picks, um, you know, it, you know, it's, it, it's smart, but it does speak to how badly they misjudged probably what they had at the start of the year. And man, maybe it's, maybe it's just as well. They learned that now, maybe it's better that they're, one and five now instead of two and four or three and three, you know, if they'd have won one of those close games, because this, this team probably wasn't going anywhere. I mean, the thing is like, if you, if you figure they don't win those road games in the division, we're talking about two and seven, potentially coming out of the bye at best. I mean, that's, that's if they lose in green Bay, beat Detroit, lose in Chicago. So, I mean, at, at that point, yeah, you're talking about if you're two and seven, like, do you want to win five or six games or do you want to just win two or three and go forward and, and try to get what you can from there in the draft? The, the question that that will raise, of course, is if it's a quarterback, is this the group you want developing a quarterback? And I, I think that's going to have to be – I mean, that, that question maybe more than any other could govern what happens. It's a two-part question. Do we need a quarterback? And – do we feel like we have the people to develop that person here? All right. Now let's get to some Twitter questions. As always, you guys can send your Vikings questions to uh, us on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Andrew underscore Kramer. That's K-R-A-M-M-E-R. Or uh, you can follow Ben or Mike at Gessling Strib or at Ramble. Um, we got one from Jay Miller asking, could this really be a good thing? Talking about the Yannick Ngakwe trade. Kirk Cousins finally can't hide behind fake numbers. The defense can't and won't bail him out. This team still has a lot of young talent. We weren't going to win it all anyway without a different quarterback. We might as well get the roster headed in the right direction. Um, I guess, Ben, is, is this a good thing for the Vikings? Then moving on, and if you're viewing it through the lens of full rebuild, I guess, from, from that standpoint. I think it can be a good thing. I think if you are going to be bad, you might as well be really bad. I mean, I think – that if you're not going to make the playoffs is better for your 2021 draft capital, certainly um, than going six and 10, seven and nine, especially if you're of the mindset that this can be a quick rebuild. If you, if you think we use the high pick on, uh, let's call it a tackle, uh, just and I'm not saying this is what they should do. So don't at me tank for Trevor people. If, if I'm saying, if they think that we can run this back, we can have cousins, we have cook, we have Thielen, we have Jefferson, we get Hunter back. The young defenders are a year older. I, mean, I could see them thinking this way that, Oh, we can be ready to go again in 2021. And we're going to get a high pick to throw on, throw on there. 
if you can use that on somebody that helps you right away, yeah, I certainly think it's a better spot and I think it's a good thing. The question is going to be, like we're talking about, if it's a quarterback, what kind of questions does that raise about the people you have that would be managing that quarterback's development and do you trust them to do that? Yeah, Mike, what do you think? Like, I think we saw enough from this team through six games. I don't think they're, I don't think they were, you know, as much as we quote the, you know, use the Bill Parcells, you are what your record is. They're better probably than a typical one in five team. They, they've played a tough schedule. They've played some close games against good teams, specifically Seattle and Tennessee. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's probably better that they, are one and five. And, and at this point that they just go ahead and, and make that trade and to kind of accept what this season is um, rather than try to pretend. And in, in the context of cousins, an interesting question. There's a lot of cousins questions uh, that we got, by the way. Oh, very surprising, but uh, you know, it, it does, right. He's, he's always, since he's got here, he's, he's never been billed as, you know, the, the guy who's going to go win you a game. And it's always been, if we provide him with X, Y, and Z, he can, he can take us as far as we want to go. Um, but, you know, when you're paying that much money, you, you kind of want more. So let, let's see if there's, let's see if there's more there. There's no, there's no excuses anymore. You, you're going to have to outscore some people with, uh, with the way their defense and especially their defensive line looks right now. Well, Mike, I want to, I want to read a two-parter from Scott to you. Uh-huh. The first part, the first that, was, that was the one I was looking at. Yeah. The first part you can react to. And I guess the second part, um, more of a question for, for Banks. I don't know if, if Mike, you were on the call with Spielman, but um, Scott says, I said, I was scared to sign cousins if we won the saints game before it was played. This was my nightmare. And it sure seems like we're, we've arrived. The amount of decisions that are now decidedly harder because of it are impressively depressing as a fan and season ticket holder. Mike, what's for you? I mean, that's that's hundred percent, right? If they, you know, they didn't they didn't have to extend him. You know, in arguments that I've had with you know with with friends who say, ah, oh, whatever, you know, they 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 messed this up. They they you know, it's like, well, it's kind of what usually happens, right? You don't usually let a high performing and Cousins was high performing to a degree last year. You don't usually let a, a quarterback like that get to the open market. I think the last quarterback who got to the open market like that was uh, Kirk Cousins um, <laughs> a few years ago. Um, but, you know, it doesn't typically happen that someone who is coveted in that way just becomes a, a free agent. You know, they could have, they could have tagged him. Yes. They, they could have, you know, if, if he had another yeah. year this year, they, they didn't have to do this, but I think Ben, you alluded to the salary cap stuff uh, that they, but they would have been in a bind if they hadn't restructured him and added, you know, so he, he came along for the second time at, at a good time. But yeah, the, the way it's structured now with, you know, if he's on the roster next year, that 2022 number becomes awfully big. And then you're, you're, you're talking about, is he, is he in line for a third contract? Like the way it's all set up now, if they had just said, Nope, we we're not sold yet. We want to see one more year before we decide that we're ready for a second contract, if they just done that and this is what had happened this year, they could just walk away from all this next year and start over at quarterback with a, a rookie and maybe a bridge veteran and 20 million less, 25 million less counted against the cap and then really start to rebuild other positions. So that's the nightmare. That's the nightmare of it is that they can't, they can't fix the other parts of their roster because they have so much 
tied up in a quarterback who's underperforming and that they might not want. I wonder how well Rick Spielman knows Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> because I feel like yeah. there may be some cautionary tales that mm. the former wild general manager could have offered the Viking general manager about trying to get from the middle to the top when you probably don't have the pieces to do it. Um, this, this feels a little bit like the wild circa yeah. 15, yeah. 16 ish. Yeah. And, and also the, the notion of investing a plus money and B talent. Yeah. Um, Ben, the, the part of Scott's two-parter that I wanted to read to you was he then says, I read the quotes, but did Rick Spielman answer the questions today in the tone of someone who understands how precarious his situation is? Um, I would say yes, he did. Uh, and here's why. He, did he answer them directly? No. Um, did he admit responsibility or say that he's going to get things fixed. Not really. Um, did he work really, really hard um, to paint things in a way that would suggest that all of this can actually work out? Yeah. I, I thought he was uh, very much in the mode of, let me tell you about, uh, he came with a Justin Jefferson stats at the ready. Um, let me tell you about all the things that didn't, that didn't work out that we couldn't have controlled. Um, all of the young corners that we have that are getting better. He came on message. Um, you can decide whether or not you believe any of it, but yeah, I, I thought he did in the sense that he came ready to answer questions in a certain way to com communicate a narrative about how this season has gone and how they will go forward from it. So yeah, I think he did. Um, I think it's fairly you can you can counteract it fairly quickly with some of the things that the way this team talked about itself before the season and say, well, OK, these two things don't match up. But um, I, I, I thought as committed as he was to answering questions with a certain um, filter on them. Yeah, I, I thought that was born very much of understanding the precariousness of his situation. Joel wants to know um, where, when and where can I expect the three of you to compensate me for the taco bet? There is no way this team pulls out more than five wins. Did we ever agree to that? What, uh, what, what, what were the, the um, parameters of that? I don't exactly remember. I remember somebody trying to get us to take a taco bet. Yeah. On the idea that they would be this bad. I, 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 Joel, we need receipts. Uh, it's very possible yeah. with you. I'm sorry that I don't remember, but um, you know, I, we we never agreed to it. But I I guess I would say I I was paid. Right. I mean, it was right. It was right. I think I think if I remember correctly, it was after like the indie loss, or it was it was after they were 0 and three or something like that, or 0 and two, and um, it was basically, are you willing to bet that this team like goes three and 13 or somehow manages to be seven and nine or or yeah. be re be relevant basically. Yeah, yeah, we did our Stockholm Syndrome thing where it's like, we're not going to come out there and say they're going to be that bad. Well, I just remembered saying that the bold bet would have been to say that they were going to be good. I didn't I didn't come out and say they were going to be. I just remember thinking at that point they had been so bad and thinking, hey, the, the bold thing now is not to say, oh, are they going to end up 3-13? and Because at 0-3, it, it looked like that.
You don't um, pay tackle bets anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I will say, Joel, you you saw it and you you were um, you were more, I guess, defeatist than I was willing to be right away. Um, but yeah, if you want a taco bet for me paid off, you can ask these two mm-hmm. guys. It's going to take you about 10, 10 to 12 months. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll get back. Months? I, I wrote <laughs> months with not the unit of time I would be using. I wrote an entire post that suggested maybe the Vikings aren't as bad as you think. And I'm just going to have that scrubbed from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I just delete that right now. We're going to remove the tweets. Uh, none of that has to be. I don't have to remember any of that stuff. Oh man. Well, um, I got another question here from, Oh, oh I lost it. Um, where to go? Oh, Josh wants to know if Pat Elfline regains the starting right guard position when he's healthy, would that be because he's better than Ezra Cleveland? Um, I, you know, I, I, I think Pat Elfline such a punchline around any Vikings discussion that it's a little unfair to Ezra to say yes to that question because it would, come across as mocking Ezra, but like, I don't think that's the case. I think, yes, Pat at this point is a better player on, you know, I'm not saying that Ezra can't play better than Pat on a given play, but for 60 plays or whatever they want, I think Pat's going to be the more reliable player for them, even though he's not a reliable player for them, if that makes sense. I just want to point out how on brand it was that Kramer, former high school offensive lineman, who's too young to get the punchline to that, Oh, what happened? What did I miss? Way past it, right into football analysis. Of what did Ezra. I miss? There's, well, there's a '90s band called Better Than Ezra, and so this oh, is a- I knew that. Oh, that's why it's capitalized. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. It's a pun. It's a question. Hey, it's, a ser- it's a it's a legitimate question too, but it's yeah. probably a it's a it's framed in a way that's a conceit, which is fine. <laughs> that did go over my head. I had no idea. Can I find think- it's not good. Uh, but the Vikings you know desperately wanting a better solution at that spot. You, you know who's better than both of them is Josh Klein. Yeah, I just you know who's, it, and you know, better than and you know who's better than all three of those guys is Joe Berger. Probably still, still mad about oh, Joe. <laughs> Joe, Joe, probably. I don't know this, but he, Ben, he probably weighs two hundred and ten pounds right now. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to put those three together, it would be like. Uh, Joe Berger is the oasis of the trio. <laughs> Josh Klein is blur. Uh, Ezra Cleveland is better than Ezra. Something like that. Okay. I, don't yeah. like than Ezra. I think Mike yeah. and Ezra Cleveland is uh, hello Cleveland. <laughs> I don't know. Live? Uh, I don't know where live but is. To, to, that, to, that, to that point, I though, point, could, I don't know. maybe maybe the you know maybe we do see if there's an L, if there's a Riley Reef move at some point since they were willing to cut him for the Nagakwe, uh, who's you know, they, Josh Klein would have fit plenty of fire under the cap, by the way. It seems if they had seven million to spend on the guy for six weeks, but neither here nor there. Uh, that maybe the move eventually is Cleveland to tackle, like Ben said, and, and we see Elf Line and we see kind of a whole we see all the young guys and we see if they can play and see if they can kind of become a cohesive unit together because they have you know, at that point, you would have all four of the guys that they've used you know, third round picks or better in the last four drafts uh, on the same line at the same time. I will say the only downside to that plan is that the 2022 Kirk Cousins contract number that you're worried about becoming fully guaranteed right now is guaranteed against injury. So <laughs> I, he would need to have a catastrophic injury to still be out by that point. And he's been extremely durable, but uh, you, you would be doing so at the risk of your quarterback's health. 
All right. Well, do we have any other questions on that note, or should we call it a wrap? That was, that was the best of what I saw. I mean, you had a, we had a whole bunch of them lined up the other day, and then this happened, so we have we had more. But we did, yeah. We'll we'll have a mailbag on StarTribune.com. We'll try to do that after every podcast. So if you guys don't see or don't hear your question answered on the podcast, check the website, look for the mailbag. Might get answered there. Usually try to answer about four or five of them. Um, also, if you've made it to this point of the podcast, it's clearly working for you. And thank you for sticking around through any kind of audio difficulties we've had. We are transitioning to a new player. Hopefully that's going to uh, solve some of the issues. I do know that it seems like Spotify has some more issues than other players. So if you were having any issue with the podcast on that particular platform, try it out on our website at startribune.com. Check it out on Google Play, Apple. Um, there's a bunch of other um, spots that we've got it. So it seems to work on other ones. Just seems to be some hiccups there. But uh, thanks for sticking with it. And thanks for listening through all 45 or so minutes of this podcast. And you can check out all of our work at startribune.com. Maybe you should get off the podcast. <laughs>